Welcome to episode 172 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Bryn Jackson. And I'm Brian Levin. Today we caught up with Tegan Meyerly. She's a designer at Space.Labs. Before that, she was in Canada running her own studio. We dig into her background, her journey here, what she's been up to, and her side business, which is not something you'd expect. It sounds a little hairy. Before we... God. Before we get into this episode, we want to thank our sponsor, our best friends, your best friends, everyone's best friends. That's actually their motto. Our best friends, your best friends, everyone's best friends. Wayno. Bueno. That's a real nice little jinx there. Wayno is an agency that does work out of Reykjavik, New York, San Francisco, building products for companies that you've probably heard of. You know them. Google, you, you, Reuters, them. Airbnb, Boosted on and on. Their client list is fantastic, but they're sponsoring because they just want you to check out their website. Because they're the dopest people and you should go look at them. Their website is wayno.co. That's U-E-N-O dot C-O. They have awesome case studies up that are inspiring. Go check out their work. Of course, follow go their keep that Twitter. Dribble, their Twitter, their Instagram. We have links to all of their accounts in our show notes. Go follow them. They're, they're an incredibly talented group of people doing amazing work that is inspiring. They are funny. They are passionate. They care about the design community. They care about all the community. They've been doing some really interesting, like, yeah civil support stuff lately on That's Twitter right. or tweeting about it. Yeah, you should follow them on, on Twitter and on Instagram They're to good keep people. up with their work and of course their whole team has access to their social media so you get a wide range of, of humor and opinion. We're so happy to have them sponsoring the show. We really appreciate it. Again, check them out at wayno.co. That's U-E-N-O dot C-O and as usual, if you need a job, they're hiring. Click the careers link in their header. Tell them we sent you. Thank you again so much to Wayno. With that, let's get into episode 172 with Tegan Meyerly. Okay. Uh, I'm Tegan Meyerly. Um, I am a designer, product designer here in San Francisco. I'm from Canada. <laughs> I moved here about a year ago. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah. That's and you have a dog named Carl? I have a dog named Carl. He's a very large Rhodesian Ridgeback. Uh-huh. Um, his personality is very fitting to his name. He's very chill. Chill Carl. He's just a real Carl. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like a bit of a droopy face. <laughs> As one would expect Sorry from to everyone Carl. named Carl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, what are you working on right now? Um, Working on a couple things. I am working at a small startup right now. Um, I've been there for about a year. We've been working on our current product for about six months. Um, we are... A engagement platform for consultant workforce. Um, what? So it's very niche, very specific, but there's a um, quite a need for a tool like this in the market, and we already have customers and stuff. Um, it basically is sort of a me- messaging tool for the life cycle of a consultant. So you know, companies like um, like Facebook has lots of consultant workers. So uh, there isn't really a way to communicate pretty easily and automatically with these consultants. So a lot of times um, an agency will place them and then that's it. They're gone. So our tool basically keeps them lo- um, like engaged throughout the whole life cycle. And then ideally the end goal is for that consultant to get redeployed to a new um, a new placement. Can so, you say the name of the startup or is this like a oh, yeah. stealth well, mode, okay. well, so stealthy it's thing? It's called... I. The name of the company is called Spaced Out Labs, which I really like. Uh-huh. <laughs> but our product is called Sense HQ. Cool. Yeah. So um, we've been around for, yeah, started about six months ago. 
And then we're like, uh, yeah, already have a ton of clients. And so we're getting super busy with building new features and getting feedback and whatnot. So yeah, it's been pretty cool. You joined it or you started it? I joined it. So originally I joined and we were working on a product called Made By, which was sort of an alternative to LinkedIn. So it was a portfolio-based yeah. uh, professional profile. It was really cool. I really liked it. Um, but then there was a lot of challenges, I think, in getting people on the platform and coming back and, you know, another social network. So mm-hmm. I went on vacation uh, <laughs> to the Galapagos and then I came back and That's then dope. they told me that <laughs> they had a new product. So I was like kind of bummed, but <laughs> but it was exciting because I got uh, to design a whole nother product yeah. um, and do everything kind of end to end, which is really fun for me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Cool. Where are you from? I am from <laughs> a small town called Bracebridge. In... Breeze Bridge? <laughs> Brace Bridge? Is that my Canadian accent? No, Brace Bridge. <laughs> Brace Bridge. Could you give it to me in that, American, that, please? That's like a part of a bridge, right? And they named a town after it? Like a bridge brace? <laughs> you know, the founder's um, like, oh, shit, what should we name this town? Just like yeah. kind of looking around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that. Yeah, Brace. Actually... <laughs> There's a kid with a broken leg. Brace. <laughs> Bridge. <laughs> That's like the Family Guy episode where uh, where he's in the restaurant and he's trying to be undercover and they say, sir, what's your name? And he looks over at a dinner plate and it's a pile of peas and he goes, pee. And then he sees a woman crying and goes, tear. And then he sees a griffin. <laughs> griffin. Pee to your griffin. Uh, man, sorry. Uh, yeah. No, I... Uh, there is a bridge in the town. There is a main wow. bridge. How bridged is it? <laughs> uh, it's pretty secure. Cool. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually am not sure why it's called Bruce Bridge. Small town. It's a small town. Um, How's, so what's, it, what's small for you? It's about 12,000 people. That is small. So it's not crazy small. So um, we were... Bracebridge is in um, a region called Muskoka, which is sort of a cottage country area to a lot of people that live in the city. Um, and so there's... What is cottage country? I've never even heard that term. Really? Oh, yeah. I think it's like an Ontario kind of term. Um, there's a lot of lakes, essentially. Uh, it's a really right. beautiful area. And so there's a lot of cottages. People have second, you know, second homes. I guess cottaging isn't really as much of a th- thing i think in california probably because it's a little bit of a desert but um can i tangent what yep. is what is a cottage is that like a type of house well it's a type of cheese uh, <laughs> oh yeah huh. there's a house made out of cheese yeah they do cheese there <laughs> no but you have apartments you have houses you have town homes you so have flats I, I actually is a cottage another i do not know the origin of the word okay. cottage but it is essentially um I guess traditionally it was like a sort of more rustic home, a log cabin. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, yes. that sounds like uh, what we would call cabins in Minnesota, I guess. Yeah, it, it's like yeah. a cabin. But what was sort of funny about my where I live, like in Muskoka, um, there are some cottages that are they're they're called cottages, but they're mansions um, mm-hmm. on the lake because there's like all the rich bankers and stuff that come and mm-hmm. buy these crazy properties up there. But then there's a mix of like you know uh, places that have no you know off the grids, running on solar power, like don't have plumbing, don't have road yeah, access. Yeah, yeah. You have to boat there, uh, so it's a pretty big big mixture. And there's so many lakes there mm-hmm. that uh, yeah varies quite a bit. So um, 
yeah, my hometown. <laughs> so yeah, so like people are always like, oh, people live there because it is sort of a tourist area, um, similar to like Lake Tahoe or something here. How it's like, I mean, but there's not that many people, but um, it is primarily uh, a tourism. It's a cottage uh, industry. It's a cottage industry. Mm. And so I worked in, <laughs> yeah, I worked in the cottage, cottage industry. industry my entire <laughs> life. Um, until Is I, that cottage manufacturing? Or <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, I cool. guess, uh, where I grew up. Uh, when did you start getting into art, design? Into art? Um, what was the origin of, how would you right. trace this path? So I... A couple of things. So in high school, I was really into painting and drawing. Also got really into photography as well. Um, Luckily, we had a really great photography teacher at my high school, which was pretty rare. I mean, being from a small town, small high school, uh, you don't get maybe like I didn't have a design teacher or anything in high school. Um, But I also, uh, you know, because there's snow a lot of what? the year where I grew up. <laughs> huh? So we did a lot of snow activities. So I was really into snowboarding. And so um, my friends and I used to take videos of ourselves snowboarding. And so we would make these snowboard videos. Sick edits. And, yeah, some sick edits. Um, and <laughs> so I started... <laughs> um, yeah, so I started like getting really into video. And so I was like, oh, I think like maybe I want to do this for my job. And so that's sort of how I got into, I guess, the field. So you're all over the place, painting. Yeah, so I mean, sports, but, but painting video, and stuff, it was like, you do that. As you're like, you have a class for that. Sure. Snowboarding was not a class. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. It was when we, when you're in public school and like from mm-hmm. grade one to eight, we get elective winter electives, yep. which was I awesome. got electives for snowboarding. It was yeah. I was, I was on ski race team and like that Are was an elective. Are you kidding me? Yep. Yep. That was a school race. sport. We didn't have a ski race team or anything. We weren't that fancy. But um, yeah, every Wednesday you got to um choose a sport for the for the winter and uh so i think in like grade one two and three it's limiting so you can only do like cross-country skiing which like sucks because you're an infant (laughs) which is awful yeah or like figure skating Mm -hmm. um i don't know oh yeah let's drop some sharp stuff to them instead (laughs) yeah i don't even remember just blades (laughs) but then in like grade four it was like the defining year that you finally got to go like join the downhill the big leagues yeah yeah and um (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so I started uh yeah, downhill skiing then. I remember so when you grow up in Canada, I think I assume it's pretty common everywhere, but definitely in my hometown, they force you to cross country ski and you not know, common. It, I'm gonna throw it out there. That's not common. It's not common <laughs> for to force third graders to learn how to cross country oh, ski. Oh, this isn't third graders. This is like you start when you're like five years old and you go until you until you can get on your downhill skis. You're <laughs> you have to go for gym class. It was usually a gym class ex- wow. uh, or sport. Uh, yeah, and you have to wear these like leather boots from the seventies that are like you're wearing like minus twenty degree Celsius yeah. leather. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, and then I but I do remember the first time strapping on a pair of downhill skis. I remember getting on them and being like, "This, this. is so easy <laughs> and so awesome." We like went down the bunny hill. And we're like, "All right, let's go." <laughs> time for some <laughs> like, up the black diamonds. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, skiing was, I guess, a sport, but in high school it wasn't. We had to do that after school. Yeah. So in high school, you're taking photography and art classes. Yeah. Uh, what did you do after that? Um. So after doing all these uh, great 
six snowboard videos, uh -huh. I was like, okay, I'm going to go into film and video. Um, so I applied for universities to go to film because um, I thought that that's what I wanted to do. But looking back, it was a terrible idea because those were not what I... Do you still have them? Uh, I don't know. I was actually thinking about this. They're on VHS yeah, for yeah. sure because we would So film. you have no way to play them. Um, I have a VCR at home. My parents what? still have a VCR, I think. I think. So I have a whole bunch of like, um, you know how you'd have those like blank uh, VHS tapes? Yeah. So I have a bunch of them at home and they're probably on there somewhere. Mm. Um, you better get those on the internet or digital oh, at know, some point. Otherwise you're going to lose them. One of my friends from high school recently posted one of, um, I had another friend that took a lot of photos. And so he had like posted one from high school um, they, they want, they had like a little event where we cleared out the parking lot and had a bunch of rails. And so it was, some of my friends were really good and they still are out West yeah. snowboarding and, uh, out West from here. Oh, wait, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we just say out West, like living in Ontario. I forgot we are on the West side we are, now. We are West. <laughs> but in BC primarily, but, um, gotcha. but yeah, so he has in photos. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Um, but yeah, I should really dig up those videos because they were pretty sweet. And we would like, because also Ontario is pretty flat. And so we would tow behind snowmobiles and stuff as well, yep. which was super that fun. That is small yep. town. So I remember that. Small would, town skiing. Yeah, we would like build jumps. To a T. And yeah. Um, yeah, we had like some rails that we would build or that my friends would build. I didn't really build them. I would ride on them though, but um, I opted to not do the work. Yeah, they were real, I mean, because they were they were crafty like that. Yeah, yeah. I was, you know, crafty at drawing and stuff. <laughs> not at building rails. <laughs> I'll draw the rails. They could like they could <laughs> weld and stuff. I don't know how to weld. Yeah. But Okay. Yeah. So you um, wanted to study film. Yeah, so I wanted to study film and then I so <laughs> my mom was like, "Oh, you're really good at painting. You should also apply for art school." Like this oh, okay, what's the school I went did end up going to is called OCAD. Um, very uh, famous art school in Toronto. And she was like, oh, you should apply to art school. Like, just do it as a backup. And I was like, mom, what am I going to do as a painter for a career? I can't do that. Like, that's crazy. Um, so I applied to all these schools and ended up not getting into any program. Oh, I, except for the painting and drawing program I did get into. But I was like, I'm not going to go to art school. Like, what am I going to do? But this was also painting. It wasn't in the design program. So I was like, I'm not going to go to that. Um, but my my parents were like, you have to leave Bracebridge. Like, you have to go to university. Like, you can't stay here. So I was like, okay. So I um, got into just like a general, it was called like an undefined major, I think, at York University, which is one of the big universities yeah. in Toronto. Um, they have a very good design program also. Through York Sheridan? Yeah, York Sheridan. So um, I was like, okay, fine. I guess I'll go. I'll go for this because, you know, um, I had uh, nothing else to do for the year. Um, Bracebridge is pretty I quiet guess I'll go. during I the year. I have nothing better to do. <laughs> yeah. So I went to uh, York for a year. Um, and so I think the end goal was that I was going to try to transfer into the film program there because I didn't get in. But looking back, really what the film program was was like script writing and um, – uh, like film studies and film theory and stuff, which is not what I'm good at. If you ask me to write a script, it'd be, do you have be a major terrible. for uh, sick edits? <laughs> that is what I wanted to major in. I can do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like really, what I like because yeah. nobody told me like because you know there was nobody working in that field when in Bracebridge in my high school, and so um, looking back, it was more that I was into cinematography and. Uh, art direction and motion and graphics and stuff like shrouping that. Shrouping for video. 
Yes. What? <laughs> <laughs> You've never heard the term shropping? No, what is it? I'm going to introduce it in I your I feel like Brian lexicon. made it up. I got to be honest. Oh, okay. I don't think I made it up, but I've adopted it as part of my... I think it's language. shredding Alps. Is that no. the Ooh, thing? Good no, one. It's shropping. not. It's not a combination of words. <laughs> it is its own word. It is shropping. It's the... It it doesn't have a definition, I guess. It just is. Uh, <laughs> we'll go with shredding the It's like gnar. It just <laughs> yeah, doesn't mean yeah, anything. It's like gnar. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Shropping the gnar. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just sort of glance around uncomfortably. Keep that in, Sarah. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I forget. Where were we? So you went in as an undefined, undeclared. Oh, yeah. Undeclared major. Um, and then, uh, so that summer I remember my mom was like, she was like, it's like, it's, it's okay. We should just go down to, um, the university. Cause my mom also worked in education. So she, um, was like, we'll go down there and talk to the people in the art department and see what you can do to be able to get into the film program. And so when I, um, when I went down, I was able to get in actually to some design classes that are part of the York Sheridan program. Um, and from there, I like that is how I basically came into graphic design um, through a couple of classes there. And I also learned coding my first year. Like, so it was like HTMLs and like sweet tables with like yeah. EG color, uh-huh. some JavaScript, some Macromedia Director. So, so made some sick DVD ROMs. <laughs> <Or CD-ROM. laughs> I don't even remember what they're called. <laughs> DVD RW. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're pretty sweet. <laughs> Man, high tech. Yeah. Never use that skull again, but. What was it like when you discovered graphic design? I. I don't speci- I don't remember a moment or anything, but I do remember how I was just so into all of the projects. So I remember uh, one of them specifically was character design, and I was like, "Oh, this is so fun!" Because it was kind of combining art, so illustration with uh, something that I guess had a clear intent behind what you're going to do, or I guess a plan or you know constraints. And I thought that was really cool and I really like to do that um and then also I will say backing up I kind of missed a part of my background story is that I did when I was in high school I was just so into computers and into um photo and video and everything and so sometimes I had people ask me to help out with stuff and so I remember I had um a friend like I think my friend's mom's friend had a swimsuit uh-huh. company and was like, can you can you make my website? And I was like, yes, I can. <laughs> no idea how to do that. Uh-huh. And so I remember like using like Microsoft front page and stuff mm-hmm. like I, and I, I didn't know HTML at this point. And uh, so I would do stuff like that. I think eventually they were like, oh, this is a 15 year old who has no idea what they're doing. <laughs> but, you know, when you're a teenager, yeah, you're yeah. just like so confident. I can like, do anything. You're like, yeah, of course I can do that. Uh-huh. Um, and, but then. When I was, I think this was before I moved to the city, but um, I also did a lot of wakeboarding. So that was, (laughs) wintertime was snowboarding, summertime was wakeboarding, and so also made lots of wakeboard videos. And then- I feel like we had a very similar, like, upbringing. Yeah, probably in (laughs) Minnesota. Yeah, Yeah. very similar. Um, So, yeah, so after school, like, after school- uh, and you know, spring and fall would be like, okay, let's go, let's go to the lake and go wakeboarding. But through wakeboarding, I had met some people who 
I met somebody who works at the local marina and they were like, oh, we need some help doing our advertisements for like these magazines. I was like, sure, I can do that. And so then I think that was like one of the first things I started doing in graphic design. So I was doing like newspaper ads for like how to like selling boats yeah. and stuff, which was awesome. Boats, boats, boats. Yeah. But I, what was funny though is I ended up doing that for a long time and it like helped me uh, get through design school because it was like supplemental income that I yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, that I could get. And it was like, I actually learned a lot from that. And I think I worked with him for like maybe six or seven years. Um, so I did learn a little bit. I learned, you know, Photoshop and stuff. Um, and then I was doing that the same time that I was doing, that I started school. And then I was kind of like, hey, this is pretty fun. Maybe, uh, maybe I could do this instead. So what did you end up majoring in? So, okay. So or did you finish up, school? No, I, I did finish school. But what ended up happening? So I was like, okay, when I was at York, I was like, this is awesome. I'm going to transfer into the York Sheridan design program. This, like, that is what I want to do. So I, um, you know, got my portfolio together and everything. And I ended up not getting in, which was so devastating. I remember being like so bummed about it. And I think part of it, so York Sheridan um, at the time was mostly taking people right out of high school and my grades were just not very good because they were taking my grades from being in university, which is like totally different. So for whatever reason, I didn't get it. I don't know, maybe they didn't like my work or something. It, so it was such a bummer. But then I also had applied for other schools as a backup. So I applied to OCAD and they I had gotten in right away at OCAD. And so I ended up going there and it ended up being such a better school for me. Not not that the York is an awesome school too, but uh OCAD's downtown, which I really, really enjoyed, you know, living my early twenties downtown Toronto. It was yeah. super fun. Um so I did ended up end up finishing and I, I did four years at OCAD. As a design, design. degree? Yep, design degree. All while running through the six. Yep, running through the six. <laughs> how how many times do you hear that joke? Um, now that Drake has become ubiquitous, uh, not that often actually. How many times a day we do you asked, think about? I Drake? Think we asked John about running through the six, and he was like, "Don't don't give me that." <laughs> I feel like there was more jokes back home because we would always joke about it. Because I don't know, or, or like especially when because my hometown is like two or three hours north of Toronto, and be like, people would be like, "Oh, what are you doing this weekend?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm going back to the six. You know, for the weekend. So is Drake, <laughs> can we talk about Drake? Is he, sure. is he a religious figure? Is um, he. In what sense? Like I don't in, know. Does he represent like everything good about Canada? About he's the sixth God. Toronto. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Is he the best? Um, <laughs> I have much respect for Drake. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, like some people don't like him, but I. <laughs> but each I, I mean, I think he is an important figure in the Toronto community. Hmm. <laughs> this is a nice aside. <laughs> and that's Drake Talk. Uh, the new show from Spec Network. Yeah, that, <laughs> Drake that, Talk. That did you know that I over. did a um, historical website about Drake? Drake no, eyebrows, I did right? not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I Drake saw eyebrow- this. Well, it was called Started think- from the Bottom. And then, yes. But the eyebrows were uh, the little icon I did for it. Yeah, His, eye- his eyebrows are very defining. Oh. So the shape of his eyebrows. I had never thought about his and eyebrows. And his... His hair, his mm-hmm. hairline. His hairline is. Specific. I like the way his hair tends to rotate with his beard. Like the, they're always the mm. same length, but it'll yeah. rotate which one's longer and which one's shorter. <laughs> the hair is just spinning around his head. <laughs> He's a hair kaleidoscope. <sighs> so you finished school. I did finish school. Uh, mm-hmm. What did you do after that? Or did you know what you wanted to do? Um. So I think... 
it's tricky for everybody right after university because when you're in university, everything is planned for you. You know what you're going to do for the next four years. But when you graduate, all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh okay, what do I do now? <laughs> um, and it's up to you to decide. So right after school, um, I got a couple. So at OCAD, they have this big um, exhibition for all of the students because it's a big school. So there's, you know, all the different programs, illustration and uh, art. And uh, so I was in the grad show. So I did get a couple interviews out of that, but I never got a job offer. So I went back to Muskoka for, you know, because I was like, <laughs> I have to move back home. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I worked for the summer at uh, a local shop at Interior Design kind of store services place so interior design up in Muskoka a lot of it is like decorating log cabins and you know cottages cottages, which was cool we did get to there was some pretty cool stuff and we had random celebrities like I stole Steve Martin oh no Drake wasn't Drake wasn't as popular back then this is a (sighs) few years ago now (laughs) Drake was still it was still yeah OG Drake on Degrassi I think at that point (laughs) yeah um Steve Martin. Oh, yeah. So I like sold him a platter. There's like random <laughs> celebrities. There's a lot of greatest moment of my life. Celebrities that yeah. that cottage up there. There's a bunch of hockey players. Um, what? Uh, there's a couple other actor- actors that would show up sometimes. And you're like, do you like this pillow? <laughs> Please buy my pillow. <laughs> Please. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But I wasn't I wasn't very good at that job. Um, did you at that point? Did you have an idea of? where you wanted to go at this point you can make websites you have skills and yeah. so photos was, and videos yeah and... i was still freelancing at this point okay. um doing the newspaper local ads and stuff wow you did that for a long time i did it for a long time i did it like up until mm, yeah i don't know six months ago. ago holy shit <laughs> <No>. <laughs> i'm still doing one i have yeah. one due today <laughs> you're like ah because there was a lot of them because what ended up happening is the marina just kept growing and they are a very big company now i think they have like six or seven marinas in ontario so it's a pretty big company wow. so there ended up being a lot of marketing material to those do. newspaper ads don't design themselves you know exactly yeah and we would do exhibitions too. go to the boat show every year and mm-hmm. do a bunch of stuff for that it was really fun <laughs> um so trying to remember yeah so after i worked at this company uh selling rugs and pillows for uh, about three months, two two months, not very long. Um, but I just remember it well because it was the first thing out of out of design school. I was like, oh, <laughs> maybe I should look for a real design job. And uh-huh. uh, somebody, a friend of a friend kind of ended up contacting me and was like, my friend's company really needs a designer. So I went down and, oh, and I think I had like kind of gotten let go from other <laughs> company oh yeah just, I know, they just minor detail me, uh, yeah. <laughs> i was fired yeah i mean they were just like i think we're gonna like let <laughs> i don't remember what it was they were just like i think we don't need as many people they put it really nicely but i think they i would expect you know so. i wasn't mm-hmm. um invested in because those the people that work there work there year round and it's, i think uh, it's kinda, like they kind of went a long way around saying it like hey uh do you want to work here less like <laughs> We like you, but we don't need your help. Yeah, I don't know. Thanks. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I uh, left, did my last shift, and then uh, somebody was like, oh, we need, um, my friend needs a designer. So I went down, and they were kind of a corporate company, and they were looking for an in-house designer. So I ended up joining them 
uh, moved back to Toronto within like a week. And I, uh, they were, they were like an employee rewards company. It's kind of, it's really kind of hard to explain what they did. Um, that's a bad sign. Yeah. I was, I was only there for like two months. Uh (laughs) Um, but I helped rebrand. They had, um, you know, when you're a kid to fundraise for your school, you go around and sell cookies and stuff. So this company did that, but instead of selling cookies and stuff, they'd sell gift cards. They like would buy them at a discounted rate or something. I don't know. It's really random. Very. I, I don't even really remember. <laughs> Do you want to exactly. trade your cash for this card? Yeah, and you would get like more dollars on the gift yeah. card or something. It, um, yeah, I was hesitant in accepting the job because I was like, I don't know what this is, and I'm not really passionate about it. Uh, but I was like, okay, <laughs> the, you're not passionate the, about that. There was another designer there who was more senior. I think he was like ten years older than me or something, and had experience, and he was really great. And so it was cool to work with, alongside him um, for a couple of months, and then we both had left kind of like shortly after. But I went and rebranded a portion of uh, their consumer facing thing, and then I I left. Um, but it gave me a taste of the corporate world and did not necessarily. <laughs> How did you like that taste? <laughs> well, I was like, I would come to work. It was very corporate. So it was a cubicle. It was really over air conditioned. So it would be hot outside and then you'd have to put on 10 sweaters, which is a common problem, I feel, in hot climates. And uh, just really uncomfortable. I just hated that feeling of <laughs> too much air conditioning. And so. <laughs> in your exit interview. <laughs> Turn off the AC, damn no, it. No, it is a real thing, <laughs> yeah. especially for girls that are like maybe smaller. And I don't know. <laughs> it Girls run colder <laughs> or hotter. hotter you I heard it know. here, people. <laughs> no, it is a real fact because I forget somebody else. Like there was a tweet storm recently about this. But I was like, I get you. Yes. <laughs> no more air conditioning. Um, Ban it all. But I was like, I was like, is this going to be my life where I come in and I wear ten sweaters and to take them off to go outside? So that sweater life. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I I quit and um, also this was right. <laughs> this was November two thousand eight. So like the day of Obama the, had just of the crash. Oh yeah. Or, uh, yeah yeah two thousand eight. That was the yeah. So um. People are like, oh, my God, you're going to quit your job. Don't do it now. And I was like, uh, I don't know. the AC. I, well, no, I was like, I think that like. I can't do this many sweaters. <laughs> no, well, I think also I was like, I'm like, you know, I'm like, people are paying me to make like boat ads and stuff. I'm not working at like J.P. Morgan or something. Like, I'm yeah. like, I don't think that my, <laughs> I, I don't think I'm going to get affected that much at being like very, the most entry level uh, design career. So, um. I was like, I'm going to try to freelance. And so then I uh, I had a couple of jobs lined up when I quit, like a couple of freelance jobs. I was like, okay, I think I can pay rent for the next, you know, two months. If so, I just, I just need to get, um, you know, one more job every month or whatever, pay my rent. And then um, I ended up realizing my coding skills weren't the greatest. And so um, I met somebody who I met through my corporate job who was a freelance programmer. And so we started uh, doing work together. And then um, we rented a shared office space. And then we're like, we should have a name uh-huh. so that we look more legit um, and more like a business. And we're all these like 22-year-olds out here, you know. <laughs> so uh, we ended up having a company then for like 
seven years. Pilot Interactive. Yeah, we were an agency. We ended up ha- yeah having an agency, uh, but kind of didn't really plan that. Um, just kind of evolved into it because yeah. That's crazy. So you made your own job, made your own company. Right. So I definitely liked the flexibility of freelance. I did freelance, I think, for one summer um, doing freelance uh, graphic design, mostly for the boat company. A lot of boat ads that year. Um, <laughs> it was a good boat year. Yeah, it bo- was. Boat yeah, the boating was industry in was on fire that year. High tide, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> um, so his name's Dave. So when Dave and I uh, started, we were like, oh, freelance is great. And, oh, and he was still finishing up his comp sci degree at U of T, so he needed something kind of flexible. Uh, but he ended up I think finishing or he had like one course left or something. And yeah, so we just wanted a flexible schedule. But what ended up happening if you have a real company is that you're there every day and you can't, you know, be wakeboarding all all afternoon uh, and then so come into sad. the office. Uh, so. It's a hard life uh, being yeah. an adult. That li- Freelance trout artist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think before I die, I want to freelance in a mountain town and just Wake up, snowboard to like two. Yeah, yeah. Go home, work for a couple hours, and then. Yeah, going. it was the the summer that I did freelance was definitely a learning, uh, or I learned a lot that summer about myself in that I am not the most disciplined in the person. My <laughs> friends would be like, "I'm off work at four. Let's go wakeboarding." I'm like, "Yeah, okay, <laughs> let's go." I was just wakeboarding all day, but that's okay. I'll do this work yeah, later. Yeah. I'll get home at midnight and do it. Yeah. In the middle of the night. Um. Uh. So yeah, there's a lot of distractions living in a cottage town when you're trying to freelance. You and think. especially you when it's think. all sunny <laughs> yeah. and warm. And also uh we live like my parents live on the water. So I'd be like, I'm just gonna go down, go swimming for a minute, and then uh and then I'll get back to this ad. Four and, hours later. Yeah, exactly. Or just like suntan all day. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it was really fun. Hashtag cottage world problems. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So you started your own company. Mm-hmm. You ran it for seven years. I th- yeah, six or seven years. I don't know exactly. I did you, yeah. Did you and your seven years, I think. co-founder? Yep. Did you guys grow it? Uh, was it just you two? So at first we, for the first, I think, year, maybe even two years, we kind of operated a little bit like a collective. Um, the project, people would approach us with projects and uh, we required more people to do them. And they're really interesting project to us, projects to us. So we started to kind of get some friends um, from school to freelance with us, you know, kind of, it was all contracts. So we'd be like, oh, we'll pay you like this much money to do this project. And then uh, we did end up growing it. And then we switched to, you know, having like full-time employees, I think after like two years, maybe. Um, Why did that happen? Um, I think we just had a steady flow of work. And then also we hired an accountant who's awesome, who had... <laughs> you know it's serious when you hire an accountant. <laughs> I know. And it was like, he came in and you're like, here's a bag of receipts. What do I do? It was like, I don't know. <laughs> Will you do this, please? Yeah, I think I had done yeah. our ta- like our tax. Like I had done our corporate taxes, I think, online. Like it was, it was not good. It was mm. a mess. Um, but he had, he was, he's sort of the, the accountant that does all of the accounting for all of the agency, the small agencies in Toronto. So he was able to give us a lot of insights and government um, grants or credits as well, because uh, there's a couple technology credits that you can get. So he was really helpful to transitioning to payroll and salaries and stuff like that. Oh, I did take an accounting class at U of T because I did go to art design school so i was like i don't i don't know <laughs> shit i should probably learn how to run this thing what yeah, are exactly. numbers <laughs> yeah what are numbers uh but so i did do one class it's actually really helpful because it kind yeah. of makes you understand 
things a little bit more. It's very high level, but yeah, very, you know, if you go to art school, you don't really get that when necessarily. You, when you made that transition from, I don't know, Collect- casual yeah, collective co- to collective. to having full time employees and an accountant. Uh, <laughs> Were you still freelancing or had you had to switch no, to no, running I, the business? So, yeah, um, I didn't actually. So when I quit that corporate job where I wore 10 sweaters, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> I freelanced for like two months. And then um, with my the guy I freelanced with, we just formed the company like right at that point. But we weren't like, oh, we're going to make an agency. We, we just thought that we would be taken more seriously mm-hmm. if, if we had a name, right, right, like right. a company. Did name. that change at all, though, when you actually hired employees at that point? Were you still doing the work or? Oh, like was I managing or doing the work? Yeah. How how did that evolution happen? Um, I think it was pretty natural and pretty slow. Or yeah, it was very like smooth and steady. It wasn't like oh, we're gonna switch all of a sudden. Um, I think we just looked at the numbers and it's like you we have enough work that we can have people full time on salary, and then yeah, you don't have to wor- worry about the headache of. Can like you know contracting rates and stuff like sure. that and hours and timesheets and stuff don't want to do that so it was uh yeah pretty natural you ended up getting big clients right um if i'm looking at your portfolio yeah i mean later? we worked with a lot of big brands uh-huh. um but a lot of it was also through ag- agencies so we would partner with other agencies that uh didn't necessarily have um a digital arm at the time or um yeah, so they would just hire us to do uh, a lot of those work. So, um, yeah. What and then we would work with a lot of small businesses. And then later on, it was mostly medium-sized businesses. Did you ever feel like that was a temporary thing to be running your own agency? Did you ever feel like, ah, uh, this is just to get me over until I get go back into corporate world? Or did you feel like <laughs> no, this was the direction um, you wanted to go? It was definitely, I, I think I always was like, oh, I don't, I really liked doing my own business because you get to make the choices, which is also hard. Um, but I never was like, oh, I want to go work for a company. And I still, you know, it's why I'm at a startup and not a big company is I just, I enjoy, I enjoy that aspect, I guess. Towards the end of Pilot, what was it like? Um, How big was the team? Like why I left? No, uh, well, we'll get to that. But like, oh, okay. what was the team like? What kind of projects d- oh. uh, did the company change right. so, over yeah, six we, years? Well, right? We did actually do a pretty big change about halfway through. Uh, so we were doing a lot of agency work. Um, so we would a lot of development work as well. And so at one point, then we made a change to go direct client. And at that point, we were doing a lot uh, a lot more kind of like medium sized businesses rather than like large brands. That was really interesting because you get to learn about all of the problems that these specific businesses are facing and learn a little bit about what they're doing and then how mm-hmm. can design solve their problem. And um, Yeah, so that was one big change that we did have. How big did the team get? Uh, I think we were like 14 or 15 at our biggest. That's crazy. Yeah, that was, is, uh, I think, when we were doing a lot of agency work because we just had so much work all the time. That's really good. Was like right? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're looking at me like <laughs> totally. totally. Uh, was it always like that, or um, were there times where <laughs> no? Like as we switched to direct a client, it started to get harder and harder because the, the nice thing about agencies is that they always have a stream of work they're doing the new business for you. So near the end, it started to get. It's not that it was. It was hard. Um, new business is just not something I 
I'm not good at sales. I like I was always passionate about what we did. And if we had a client, I was good at selling our services when, once we were in there. But the, you know, to become known is difficult as well. And so that was always a struggle. I was like, oh, I wish we, I didn't have to do new business. To become known in what way? Like as a household name of a design agency? Or? Yeah. Mm. Did you try or like attempt it becoming... Um, a brand, a, I a guess. A little, a little bit, I guess. But yeah, probably not. We could, probably could have done better. I think we were actually pretty good in the local Toronto scene. Um, we did a lot of stuff with like Ladies Learning Code, and there were some other organizations that we would volunteer with. Um, so that was really good. Looking so back, that was helpful. Like what would what would you have done differently if you wanted to make it a big brand name, like household name agency? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure if i would necessarily change it or change the way that happened um i'm it's not what i'm really into so it's not super okay. important to me i guess Fair. but it just all i'm saying is that it makes new business and getting clients a lot yeah. easier if yeah, you yeah. are a very well-known name so you, doing things that get attention for you um uh yes yeah, is useful uh-huh. but i'm not necessarily saying that i want it like i actually like don't, uh, i don't like a lot of attention or um, Why not? Yeah, I'm just like, I don't know, because <laughs> I'm just shy. <laughs> Do you think that's held you back or like been a hindrance to be shy? Um, Maybe. Because I'm shy too. Are you? Yeah. yeah. Huh. I'm not... Um, super socially shy but i do like you know some people are just so good at sharing their work i'm always like ah i don't know is it like good enough like all these shots on dribble are so shiny and perfect i'm like ah i don't i'm not gonna post this and so um yeah i think professionally it would be better if i (laughs) was a little not so you know overthinking what i'm gonna post and share are you still like that no, I try to post on Dribble, but the also the challenging thing though is um when you're doing product design, sometimes it's a little harder to share oh, little, for sure. yeah, little yeah, yeah. pieces, right? And um if you're sum an up your product in four hundred by yeah, three hundred. As pixels. compared to when you're drawing hot dogs. Yeah, yeah. So my hot do- <laughs> like if I draw a hot dog, I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna like, share yeah. this. <laughs> um yeah, and then uh, photography as well. I post I post a lot of photography yeah. on Instagram and stuff, and I love. So I, I just I think I'm like oh, I'll just share that stuff instead. Um, but I, the problem is that you're not doing that every day and for your job, so it's like you might not have as much content to mm-hmm. share. I think that's probably a common struggle for a lot of people to be apprehensive about putting themselves out there more, especially as yeah. it relates to their work and their persona on the internet yeah absolutely i think so i tried to write um i think i've written like one article because the thing like i just i don't know i just want the art if i'm gonna write something it has to be really good and i also i'm like oh it needs to be like funny and entertaining and like really valuable it's really gotta Um, suit the tegan Miley brand yeah exactly (laughs) so we did i think i did one blog post and then it, it it got like quite a bit of shares it was about how to draw cute things i highly recommend reading this article it's very useful i highly recommend my article (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think it's on the pilot website i should repost it to medium maybe but um yeah so but then i'm always like i don't know is this like useful and then i just like never end up posting stuff but um but then i was like maybe drawing articles is a good one (laughs) is that just self-doubt or like i guess no it's not that it's self self-doubt i just don't want to share stuff that people 
that I respect that th- uh, th- maybe that think think it's obvious, you know, like mm-hmm. yeah. um, I think that's one of the big things where I'm like, okay, well, but maybe for people who haven't been doing this as long, it might not be as obvious for that. But right. <laughs> well, how do you how do you get over that? Like, how have you changed your way of thinking to be better? Um, about that? That's something that I struggle with all the, the time. Right. Um, I think so sharing um like i don't write i'm just like okay i'm just not a good writer um i'm not gonna write things isn't that self-defeating <laughs> uh but no but because i think i've realized that i think sharing my photography and sharing illustration is a little bit um um i don't want to say easier but i do enjoy that like i love when people are like oh i love your photos they're you know blah blah, blah. like i like it, it feels good to get that but it yeah like we talked about product design it's just hard to do that uh you know share little snippets of product design i mean are you scared of like getting told that it's bad or that it's wrong or like well as it relates i guess like the writing oh for writing um i'm just not I write like a robot, honestly. I'm just not <laughs> creative at writing, which yeah. is funny because I know some people are like, designer, <laughs> designers should be writers. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> Who's no, ever I said did, that? I can't remember. Somebody did tweet something about like, oh, designers, like, you know, put in some effort, just write it a little bit. But I literally cannot write. I just write like a robot. It's like, Button, <laughs> click. <laughs> like what? A- <laughs> Draw a rectangle. Now put beep, some text boop, in it. Beep. <laughs> Done. Yeah, click, exactly. Save. Beep, beep, ribby, ribby. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm like really good at, like, I'm, you know, love programming and I was always really good at math. Yeah. I struggle. I almost failed uh, my modern modernism class in art school because I was such a bad writer. <laughs> I think my my professor felt really bad, and he like he I <laughs> I am so sorry, but you're gonna get he would, well. He would like sit with me and explain everything. Like I I really understood the concepts. It wasn't that. It was um forming it into an interesting and unique unique essay. It was like oh my be God. more interesting and unique, please. <laughs> or you know I I don't even know how they grade essays. I I just would I pass with like a sixty. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure that my professor was just like, oh, she tried it. really hard. <laughs> 60. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I do wish I could write better, but that's why I will choose to write about drawing hot dogs instead. Cause I hey, can, yeah, whatever yeah. <laughs> gets you started. So let's keep going. You worked uh, at Pilot for six years, five mm-hmm. years. Yeah, six or seven years, I Six think. or seven. I know, I should really count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, somewhere oh, in there. Yeah. Uh, what happened at the end? Um, so, um, by the end of pilot, or I guess for my last year when I was at pilot, um, I wasn't super happy. I mean, I, I really liked my team and everything and I, I miss, I miss them a lot still, but I always kind of wanted to do something that was uh, like another business, but not uh, necessarily a agency business, like whether it was a product or, um, another startup, something like that. So, during my last year, my, my new business partner, who was somebody I went to design school with, we, when we were in 
in school, uh, we were always wanted to open a hair salon uh-huh. because his family owns this hair salon on Young Street in Toronto called House of Lords, and it is nice plug. A very uh, well, it's not our name though. We didn't we didn't franchise the family business. Uh-huh. We have our own brand, but they're a very famous salon in Toronto. They're really big, and they had a lot of celebrities in the 80s that would go and get their hair done there. So during my last year, my other business partner, my now business partner, Jonathan, he lives in LA now, but he was like, let's start a hair brand um, because he also works in the beauty industry. And so that was something we started to do on the side. And we ended up opening a brick and mortar salon in Toronto in Kensington Market called Good Day Hair Shop. And so I was sort of doing both of them at the same time. And uh Um, yeah. And then eventually I knew I had, I had lived in Toronto for a long time, um, about 10 years. So I always would, I was like, I need to live in another city at some point. So I had the opportunity to move down to San Francisco, uh, with my boyfriend. So I made the jump about a year ago, year and a half ago. Um, and, uh, that's how I ended up here. And then I transitioned out of pilot, but they are still running it. I still talk to Dave all the time. They still have a team, I think around 10 or 12 people, um, still doing their thing. And you still run good day hair. I do. We have a shop manager that does a lot of the day to day. I still talk to them quite a bit. Yeah. Um, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Hang on. So Jonathan's in LA, you're in San Francisco. Yeah. The shop is in Toronto. Toronto. I know. I know. How do you do this? <laughs> so I, I'm back in Toronto probably four or five times a year. So I do go, I show my face sometimes. Uh, but we have an awesome shop manager. <laughs> Boss who, checking in. Yeah, who basically runs everything, um, runs the day-to-day. Yeah, and then Jonathan and I are primarily working on building the e-commerce business for our product line that we started. So the uh, it took about a year to develop our initial product line. And uh, so we finished that right before, right before I moved out here, I think. And then just trying to get everything imported into the states and setting up a business down here took a bit of time. And so we started selling online out of the states uh, just uh, last month. Are you doing this full time? No. What? Okay. Wait, well, am I doing what full time? No, she, I have a job. I have a part. Yeah, you have a the startup. Three days a week, I'm at the startup now. But I was there full time. Um, but that's also why it took a little bit of time to get everything set up down here because I wasn't doing it full time. So I'm trying to put more time into that now, which is why I'm working only three days a week at this startup. Two days a week two, on. Two days a week on Good Day. We're just kind of trying to figure out how to market because it was pretty easy with our marketing in Toronto because people know us. Um, all of our social following is in Toronto, uh, but in you know, it's different down in the States. So we're just working on uh, some marketing stuff now, which I'm not as familiar with. Um, can create content and stuff, but that seems... marketing tactics, or I guess growth <laughs> growth hacking. Oh, <laughs> oh God. God. That seems just kidding. incredibly challenging <laughs> to work two days a week on a business in another country with a co-founder in a I different don't, city. So our products and our shop is fairly different it's not i don't require very much attention to the shop other than when we're doing product development whether like if they're testing products in the shop or i look at you know sales and stuff like that like what products are selling well and then um matt our shop manager uh is awesome and he does a lot of the day-to-day i still i chat with him on facebook chat and stuff uh because i'm also friends with them so 
Okay. So then you do the okay. but Jonathan, the, the product line, the product line, the e-commerce thing, right? out of here. Got it. Yeah, exactly. So Jonathan lives in LA, and so he um, is he's a creative director of this company called BeautyCon, which is basically like VidCon, but for beauty YouTubers. If like if you're a sixteen Say that year old, three times fast. If you're beauty YouTubers, beauty YouTubers. Uh, if you were a sixteen year old girl, you know would know who they are. <laughs> um, <laughs> Perfect. So, That's me. Yeah. <laughs> That's our audience. I hope there are. Yeah. So he has a lot of background in um, this kind of industry and knows the market quite well. When you first made the jump from Toronto to San Francisco, was that hard? Was it um, exciting? Like what was going it on? It was both. It was, um, it was definitely fun to move to a new city. Because I wanted to do it for a long time. Um, very different city than Toronto. Toronto's a lot bigger, which people don't realize. It's much more urban. So, you know, I would, <laughs> when I first moved down, I would try to take the Muni everywhere. And then I would be so late. <laughs> and <laughs> Surprise, it takes two hours to go Yeah, exactly. And so then I was like, oh, this is why Uber was born. You know, so just things like that, because in Toronto, you take the subway everywhere, you take transit, uh, little things like that. Getting used to a city that's very spread out compared to a more centralized kind of urban spot. What about work-wise? Because mm-hmm. this is a h- incredibly dense area for design yes. and technology. Is yeah. That- um, yeah, no, that's been really exciting to meet a lot of other designers, uh, new designers, and they're working on... Uh, I think products that have a huge audience, like uh, my my friends at Facebook, like yourself, uh-huh. um, you know, it's really cool to learn about what they do. Um, also, when you have so many users and just the data you can get back is really cool. Uh, or it's cool that you can design something and see it perform immediately. Um, so things like that, that, uh, you know, insights like that from yeah. other fellow designers that I think is really cool that I get to learn about down here. When you came down, did you immediately start at a startup though? No, I worked on the hair, um, uh-huh. on the good day stuff actually for a bit. I was doing a lot of the package, working on the packaging and stuff. Um, so I finished that. Then I started contracting, I think after two months. And there's also a bit like we you know furniture for a month, like <laughs> because it was getting shipped down. Uh-huh. So there's like a bit of a well, that's just bad timing. Well, and then, well and then, Carl's like a chair no, by so, himself. Yeah, and then one of the things was that Carl finding a dog walker for Carl, and Carl got rejected from daycare the first <gasps> time. So oh, like shit. that was like a little bit of, like I, there was just stuff that it was had. <laughs> that was to a little bit of a blow to my with. ego. Yeah, I was like Carl, why? <laughs> be, <laughs> he kept, be better. Apparently, what he would do at daycare is. Like dog daycare is just a room of dogs, yeah, yeah, yeah. of dogs having fun. Um, but <laughs> he would jump things. over the the like gate to go and like sit with the the owner. <laughs> He's like, I just want to sit on your lap. <laughs> and so he would do that so much that they were just like, we can't, we can't take Carl. <laughs> uh, people joke about San Francisco being a place of first world problems, but one of the great things that I like is an app to get a dog walker yeah, instantly. Yeah, I know. It is <laughs> it's really cool. nice. It is, yeah. That's yeah, that's valid. Was there a, was there a tension for you between choosing to continue contracting and then eventually going to startups and doing that kind of work versus continuing to focus on the the hair and good day right, brand? Yeah. Um 
Like, why did you end up splitting instead of going all in one or the other? Right. I know. And this is something I still ask myself. I think so for for going into this the um, or for working at the startup that I'm at now, I tried to freelance in the beginning, but just everybody was just only hiring a full time um, or full time contract. And so I, did, I honestly didn't really try that hard to just get small contract jobs, but also product design is a little harder, I think, as um, just a freelancer. So um, I joined this one company, so made by at the time, uh, I joined as a contractor with the intention of being there for six weeks, but then ended up staying, uh, which I think is pretty common. Maybe you still do some freelance work, right? Like yeah. So now I'm starting stuff. to okay. do a little bit of freelance as well. I'm trying to not do too much so that I can work on the. Yeah. How do you have time for all of this? It's, I actually am not like, <laughs> I spend my weekends at the beach. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, my job at the startup is pretty laid back uh so i don't work crazy hours or anything they're very disciplined in that everybody on my team is pretty mature and senior and they've done this before so they're very good at creating a good environment not like that. burning out they're no they're they're yeah can't more places like be that. like that god i know it's great people are always like oh do you work all the time i'm like no we it's like pretty i think some of the engineers right now are starting to get a little little busy because we actually have quite a bit of customers uh but for me <laughs> now that you're making money it's gonna be <laughs> yeah to the grindstone, right exactly um mm. but for me because i'm on the design side they're not you know, i've kind of you know we're not really working on any any new features right now so mm. um it, it's pretty good so i still have time to or the energy i guess to still work on stuff in the evenings um, yeah. One of the last questions we like to ask at the end of all of our shows is what keeps you up at night? Ooh. <laughs> can't, can't say Carl. <laughs> Carl does, but usually it's in a good way. It's like, oh, Carl's sleeping on. Snuggling. <laughs> yeah. He's like <laughs> snuggling with me. Um, I'm trying to think like literally. Well, uh, metaphorically more than anything. <laughs> what, what do you worry about basically, right? Yeah. What's on your mind? Um. Hmm. And it can this be nothing. This week is like easier it can be than nothing. usual. <laughs> and if it's nothing, then I want to understand how you have such a clear mind. So what used to keep me up at night was running our agency. I was way more stressed when we did that because, yeah. you know, just like your payroll alone is so much. And so it was like, oh, are we going to, um, you know, finish this project on time? Are we going to get new work? Or, you know, we had one or two months where it was like there was no projects and it's really frightening. So that used to keep me up a lot. And honestly, <laughs> I sleep a little better now. <laughs> Put on some Star Trek and <laughs> fall asleep. <laughs> I'm glad that more people huh. do that now. It seems like more people are watching Star Trek in the background while they're working or falling asleep. Oh, it's, I love Star Trek. It is my go-to like background noise solution. Oh, yeah. That or cartoons. Yeah. So what happened, I started watching TNG a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. I hadn't really watched it as a kid. Uh, and I started to watch it as background background uh background noise or whatever but then i started to get really into it and i would stay up for like four hours watching tng episodes back to back <laughs> i was like i can't stop <laughs> this drama is too good yeah but then i started ds9 uh which is not i think not it's it's really good but it's it's a little bit i can fall asleep to T ds9 so now what keeps you up at night is nothing unless you're watching star trek um yeah, I think so. I mean, maybe 
the the standard, you know, career things, I guess. What do you mean by that? Like, are you saying it just because that's a standard thing to say? No, no, or do no. You no. Actually... I do think about it. Um, yeah, I do think about whether I should go all in on one <laughs> one thing at a time. Um, I guess. Wouldn't that be nice to only ever have to focus on one thing? <sighs> yeah. 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 It would be good, I guess. Would it be boring? Ah, uh, life. <laughs> probably. It'd probably get burned out really easily. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It seems like an ideal thing, but maybe it's not. Well, we can meditate on that for a week. <laughs> thanks for hanging out. Yeah. That's thanks it. for doing this. this Appreciate great. it. It was really fun. That was episode 172. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Tegan for coming and hanging out with us. Thank you to Brian for being here and just being you. Thank you so much. It's a really beautiful conversation for monitoring our audio equipment, for setting up our microphones. Get out for wearing a design details t-shirt while we record an episode of I'm design really details. I'm really on brand, man. We hope you enjoyed listening. If you did, hit us up. We're on Twitter at Design Details FM. If you want more podcasts about design, about development, technology, about clapping while you're talking, clapping while you're talking, go to Spec.fm. That's our network that we run with our friends and other podcasting content. About and design blogs. And yep. And blogs. Other stuff. That's at spec.fm. Of course, before we end this week's episode, thank you so much again to Wayno for making this episode possible. They're the best, weirdest, most wonderful, most talented agency ever in the world. And you should go look at their stuff. And that means their work and also their Twitter and also their Instagram and also their dribble. We have links to all of their accounts in our show notes. And also go apply to them for jobs. Wayno.co slash careers. It's good stuff. Yeah, that's the main thing. Go get inspired by their work. They're at wayno.co. That's U-E-N-O dot C-O. Say hi to them. Tell them we sent you. If you need a job, of course, they're hiring. Thanks so much again, Wayno. And we'll see you next week. Yep.